Welcome to Main Menu for the week of May 30th through June 5th, 2014. I'm your host, David Tanner, and we are very pleased to have you with us here on Main Menu today. Whether you're a returning listener or you're a new listener, we are very pleased that you joined us today and hope that you'll come back often. Well, we have a couple of very interesting things to cover with you today. The first is from David Woodbridge, a member of our main menu staff, and David is going to be talking about the Fitbit Flex armband for your iDevice, and this is quite a neat device. It's got a lot of features for you to use with your iDevice, and David's going to tell us about a number of those and demonstrate it for us. And then Main Menu Executive Producer Chase Crisman is going to come up next. And Chase is going to be telling us all about Google Drive and some of the associated other applications you can also use with Google Drive, how you can use it, and why you might want to use it. And I think you'll find that quite interesting, and it may be something that you really would want to think about using if you're not already using it. Just one quick technology thing, wanted to mention to you that NV Access, the makers of NVDA Non-Visual Desktop Access Screen Reader, a free screen reader for Windows, all the way through Windows 8.1, has come out with their second release of the year. It is NVDA 2014 R2, which means Release 2, and it has a number of new features. One of the big new features is better support for Microsoft Word and Microsoft Excel and PowerPoint, both in Office 2013 and 2010. So you may want to go to nvaccess.org and take a look at that, check it out, download it, and give it a try. Well, we need to get right on into our coverage for today, so you have a great week, and we'll see you back here again next week on Main Menu. If you're interested in providing feedback about Main Menu, chatting with all of the members of the Main Menu staff, and be able to communicate with a large number of Main Menu's listeners, you might wish to subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list. To subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list, you can send an email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. You can also participate in conversation about Main Menu on Twitter by following at Main Menu or visiting our Twitter page at www.twitter.com slash Main Menu. Welcome to this demonstration of the Fitbit Flex. Now I should say before I get started, you probably will notice some echo and background noise in this recording as I'm doing it in my house and I have cathedral ceilings 
and tiled floors. So you will hear some background noise and the audio quality may not be that great but hopefully my preparation has solved some of the issues. So as I said this demo is about the Fitbit Flex and of course that's from Fitbit and the word Flex of course is F-L-E-X and it's a band that you wear on your wrist and of course the Fitbit Flex monitors various activities such as how far you've walked, your sleeping pattern, how active you've been, how many calories you've burnt, and so on. So first of all, I thought I'd start off with describing the Fitbit Flex to you. And then I'll move on to describing the app, and then we'll finish off by me going for a walk using the Fitbit Flex, in this case on my treadmill. When you receive the Fitbit Flex in the package, it's a very small little device to me, it just feels like a tiny little USB key with a sloped end at one end. You also get two rubber wristbands that the Fitbit Flex slots into. You get the little USB charger that again, the Fitbit itself slots into. And of course the user manual. So when I took my Fitbit Flex out of the packaging, the Fitbit itself was already installed in one of the rubber wristbands. And basically the wristbands are of different sizes, so you can choose to use one or the other. So I've currently got my Fitbit Flex in the rubber wristband in my hand, I'm just taking it off my wrist. And I'm actually going to take it out first, and then I'm going to describe what happens, how you get it into it. I've currently got the wristband sitting across my fingers so it's draped on either side of my fingers and basically underneath the wristband in the middle if you like is a little slot of course which the Fitbit Flex slots into but on top of the wristband so above the slot underneath one end and this end is a little ridge now it's closer to me is where that sloped section of the Fitbit actually ends up when you insert it, but we'll get to that in a minute. And then at one end of the wristband, and the way that I've got it at the moment, it's furthest away from me, is a metal clip that's inserted into the wristband with two slots on it. And of course, when you put it on, the other end of the wristband has the rubber slots that those two protruding slots then plug into. And then what you can actually do with that, those two pins or the two slots on the other end that I talked about initially on one end of the wristband, you can take that out and that's what you would insert in the other wristband in order to do it up with the other wristband, of course, with the slots of the other end of the band to tighten it up to your comfort level. So what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna turn it over, the actual wristband over, and I've kind of got the Fitbit Flex in my other hand. And to insert it, is to take the Fitbit and then line it up with that slot, of course it's all rubber, and that sloping edge, which is now I'm holding it on the left hand side of the Fitbit itself, that needs to be facing down, which then connects or lines up with that ridge on top of the wristband. 
because if you try and put it in the other way or any way for that matter, it actually won't fit into the little rubber slot underneath the wristband. Okay, so I've got the slot where I'm holding it on the left hand side. I've got the two prongs to do it up on the right hand side and I've got the wrist slot connections on the left hand side. So I'm putting the sloped end into the slot and I'm sliding it across to the left as far as it can go and I'm going to go back to the right edge of the actual Fitbit itself and push it down and now it's all nicely in that slot. So if I turn it over I've now actually got the ridge on the top end of the wristband now facing me and honestly it doesn't matter which way you wear the Fitbit because it just has notification lights on it however if you'd like to wear it as I've been told that most people do when you put it on your wrist that ridge on top of the wristband is on the outside of your wrist so you've got the smooth section going towards the inside of your wrist so I'm going to put this on my right side so I'm going to come underneath my wrist and grab that clasp and pull it under my wrist and push it into little rubber slot connections of course on the other end of the wristband and that's now on so the Fitbit Flex is now ready to go and its complete operation in my case is actually done from my iPhone because the only thing that's going to happen with the Fitbit on my wrist it's going to flash when I get to my goals it's also going to vibrate and the other thing that I didn't mention in the introduction it also has silent alarms which I'll show you how to set up in a minute okay so that's the Fitbit itself that's the physical device let me grab my iPhone out of my pocket and let me locate the Fitbit app on my iPhone. Fitbit. Double tap to open. Okay, so there's the Fitbit. And of course, I downloaded that and installed it off the iOS App Store. And of course, I'm using VoiceOver, so one finger double tap to activate Fitbit. Fitbit. Edit. Button. Okay, I'm now running the Fitbit. If I flick across to the right. Date Nablet Arrow. Today. Dimmed. Date Nablet Arrow disabled. Dimmed. Flex. Connected. Okay, it actually says connected. Now, if I access it a little bit faster, it would have said syncing. Before I go into a demo of the Fitbit app itself, the actual setup of my Fitbit account via the app and connecting via Bluetooth to the Fitbit Flex itself was 100% accessible using VoiceOver on the iPhone. And the first thing I like to do with my Fitbit, if I double tap on where it said Fitbit Flex Connected, so I'm going to finger double tap. Dashboard, back button. Okay, and the home screen is called the dashboard. So if I flick to the right. Fitbit Flex, sync today, 10.08 a.m. Okay, that's the time when it's synced today. Flick to the right. Firmware version 64. That's the firmware version. Battery medium. And this is the one that I always check before I start for the day, your battery status. If I flick to the right, silent alarms, seven. That's silent alarms. And you can set them so that the Fitbit will actually vibrate on your wrist. So it's a quiet alarm. You can have up to eight alarms. I've currently got seven, as it said. And it's very discreet. It'll actually vibrate quickly four times, a long vibrate, and three times quick vibration. And it will do it three times. And I think from memory, it'll do it after another 10 minutes after the initial time that you set. So for example, if I've set mine for 6.15 in the morning, it'll also vibrate at 6.25 as a bit of a reminder. And if you want to set them up, if I one finger double tap on where it actually says it, the silent alarm seven, one finger double tap. 
Solid alarms. 6 a.m. Weekdays. Okay, so I've got my 6 a.m. alarm set to weekdays. Flick to the right. 6 a.m. Weekdays. Switch button on. Okay, and of course that's double the tap to turn it off. Setting button. 8 a.m. Every day. That's 8 a.m. Every day. 8 a.m. Every day. Switch button on. Toggle for off. Button. 12 p.m. Weekends. 12 p.m. Weekends. 12 p.m. Weekends. Switch button on. Button. 4 p.m. Weekends. 4 p.m. Weekends. 4 p.m. Weekends. Switch button on. Button. 5.15 p.m. Mon. Tuesday. Wed. Thursday. Friday. Sat. Okay, that's for 5.15. 5.15 p.m. During the week. Mon. Tuesday. Wed. Thursday. Friday. Sat. Switch button on. Button. 7 p.m. Every day. 7 p.m. Every day. Wear your tracker to bed and your Fitbit's alarm will use quiet vibrations to wake you. Or just use them to discreetly remind yourself to do things during the day. Heading. Okay, and that's the information about how to use the alarms in bed or during the day to have the song alarms remind you of a particular event. So I flick to the right again. Set a new alarm. That's set a new alarm. So if I double tap that, it'll go into the option to set a new alarm. And I've got one slot remaining. So I flick to the right again. Selected. Dashboard. Tab. One of three. I've now come to the bottom of the Fitbit app screen. And we've got three tabs. We've got dashboard, which is the default one that comes in on the home page. Flick to the right. Friends. Tab. Two of three. Friends, so you can add friends to compete against. And I've currently got one friend that I'm competing with in Canberra. One finger flick to the right again. Account, tab, three of three. And there's your account settings. So let me just go back to the previous screen. So top left-hand side of the screen for the back button. Flex, back button. Finger double tap. Dashboard, back button. And let's flick through again to go past sleep. Fitbit's legs. Sync today, 10.08 a.m. Firmware version, sick battery medium. Silent alarms. Seven, main goal, steps. Okay, main goal, and I'll set my main goal to steps. You can set that for different items. Wrist, dominant. You can change it between your dominant wrist and your non-dominant wrist. And what it will try and do is, if it's a dominant wrist, it won't be so responsive to your movement. So that's one way of actually coping with that one. Flick to the right again. All day sync. This is a heading for all day sync. Flick to the right. All day sync. Switch button. I've got my all day sync set on as it said and of course you can toggle that off if you turn it off you may save yourself a bit of battery power I'm not 100% sure that it actually drains it at all because it's such a low power device anyway so I flick to the right sync now that's the option where I can actually sync now so I've been walking a long time and I want to update my steps for today, particularly against my friend, so she can see what I've done for the day. I can use this to force a direct sync right now. I flick to the right. Selected. Dashboard. Tab. One of three. Okay, we're back down to the dashboard down the bottom. So top left hand side. Dashboard. Back button. And one finger dumped up to go back to the initial dashboard screen, the home screen. Edit. Button. And that edit button comes back on by default. That's where you can edit to move the items around on the screen. So when you're flicking through or dragging your finger around, you can have them in certain locations on the screen to make it easier to find stuff. Okay, so let me just flick through the rest of the dashboard screen. Date and glitch arrow. Button. Today. Dimmed. Button. Okay, now of course today is dimmed. If I flick back to the left. Date and glitch arrow. Button. I can go back to the previous day and see my activities for yesterday. And of course, if I was on yesterday, today, I could. Date and arrow disabled. Dimmed. Button. Use the right arrow next button to come back to the next day and so on okay so flip the right again flex connected 
That's the flex connector. That's where I went into to have a look at my battery level, etc. Flex to the right. 2,833 steps. That's how many steps I've done today. So 2,833 steps. And let's see how far I've got on my percentage today. Flip to the right. Progress, 31%. I'm 31% because I set up in my account details, I want to do 9,000 steps initially. So flip to the right again. 2.1 kilometers. So I've walked 2.1 kilometers. Progress, 31%. And I'm 31% there. I've set my kilometers to 6.7 kilometers under account. 10 active minutes. I've only been active for 10 active minutes. Now when it says active, it really does mean active. I can actually walk for 10 kilometers very slowly and it won't register my activity. It's You really have to start moving. So a quick walk or of course a quick run or a jog will then initiate this activity count. But when it means activity, it really does mean activity. Just walking around the house and gentle exercise won't actually trigger this activity at all and I've got my activity set for 40 minutes so if I flick to the right again progress 25% I'm 25% there so I flick to the right again 1144 calories burned okay I've burned 1144 calories and I've got my calories set to two and a half thousand for each day so I flick to the right again progress 46% I'm 46% there flick to the right again 8 hours 20 minutes 11x away slash 11x restless that's the sleep monitor to monitor how you're sleeping at night time. So I have one finger to double tap on that. Sleep. Dashboard. Back button. Of course, that's the dashboard back button. Flick to the right. Sleep. Heading. Add. Button. That's the add button to add when you're going to sleep. You turn it on. So flick to the right. Date nav left arrow. Button. Today. Dimmed. Button. Date nav right arrow disabled. Dimmed. Yeah, that's course It's got the previous today and next day controls. Sleep pattern. Sleep pattern. Log sleep. Heading. Log sleep. Heading. 10.34 p.m. 7.50 a.m. 8 h. 20 minutes. 19 minutes awake. 11x. 24 minutes restless. 11x. Okay, so that tells you how long you've slept for, how much you were restless, and so on. So it's quite a fun way, or a serious way for that matter, to look at your sleeping at night time. And of course, if you want to turn it on when you're about to go to sleep, if I flick back to the left. Log sleep. Sleep at date never today. Date nabble add button. One finger double tap on that. Alert. Add sleep log button. So I've got add sleep log. Flick to the right. Begin sleep now button. Begin sleep now. Cancel button. Or cancel. Of course, I was about to go to sleep. I double tap on sleep now. When I wake up in the morning, I would tap I'm awake. And that would actually then give me those stats for the previous night's sleep. So let me double tap on cancel. Cancel button. Sleep add button. Okay, top left hand side to go back to the previous dashboard screen. Dashboard. Back button. Edit. Button. Let me drag my finger down to sleep again. Zero to the 8.6. 8 hours 20 minutes. 11x away slash 11x restless. Flip to the right. Zero milliliters. Zero milliliters. Now that's actually your water consumption for the day. I've really been a bit slack about mine. I haven't bothered to actually fill that in at all. Again, you can set a goal for the day. I have mine set at 750 mils, which doesn't sound like much, but consider I don't even put anything in there. I probably should not even worry about it at the moment. But that's where you can put your water intake for the day. Progress, 0%. And as you can tell, I'm 0% into that goal. 8.6 kilograms to go, 103.6 kilograms. Okay, so, so I've got 8.6 kilograms to go for my weight loss regime. 
and I currently logged my last weight at 103.6 kilos. And I must say, since I've been using this, I've lost four kilos so far. So it is actually doing the job. And of course, again, you have to put those numbers in to the app, of course, to be accurate. 2,537 calories left. That's how many calories got left for the day. Zero calories eaten. That's how many calories, calories I've eaten for the day. Now, again, I'm more interested in how many calories I've burned rather than how many I actually eat because I actually really don't eat that much during the day anyway. So I haven't bothered to put my calories in there. And you can also put your food groups in there. And each food group has its own calorie, kilojoules, intake, etc. Selected. Dashboard. Tab. Okay, One and we're back down to dashboard. So let me just show you friends. Friends. Tab. Two of three. That's the second tab. One finger double tap. Selected. Friends. Tab. Two of three. And touch top left hand side of the screen. Selected. Seven day steps. Button. One of two. So you've got two tabs at the top of the screen. You've got seven day steps, which is your seven days currently. And the second tab. Messages. Button. Two of two. Is the messages tab. So you can actually send a message to any one of your friends who you are following via the Fitbit application via their website if you like and you can send them a message you can also send them default cheers taunts encouragement all that sort of stuff so i'm going to stay on the seven day steps and i'm going to bring up my messages at the moment so that's already selected so flick to the right add button that's where you can add a friend flick to the right one you 58,170 so i've done 58,170 i've had a really bad week this week i'm normally averaging about 10,000 steps a day minimum um, and it should be at that level currently, so that's a bit naughty. I'll have to do some more work on that. But my also my friend is also having a bad week as well because she's normally just as good as I am. So I flicked to the right for number two. Two, Carla, fifty-six thousand three hundred and forty-eight. She's at fifty-six thousand, so she's also had a reasonably poor week as well. She often does ten thousand steps minimum a day as well. So I flicked to the right. Dashboard tab. And I'm back down to the bottom now. Let me just stay in the screen because I'm just going to flick over Select to account. Tab. Account. Three three. One finger double tap on account. Selected. Account. Tab. Three of three. Touch top left hand side of the screen. Account. Heading. And it's the account heading. Flick to the right. David Woodbridge. Joined the 2nd of April 2014. Okay, so that's my name and when I joined. Flex. Synced today 10.08am. That's when the Flex last synced. Set up a new Fitbit device. You can set up a new Fitbit device. Goals. Now this is your goals. This is where you actually set your goals for those items that I went through on the dashboard. So if I double tap on goals. Goals. Account. Back button. You can hear my goals. Goals. Daily exercise. Heading. Steps. So steps. 9,000. Text field. Okay, 9,000. Double tap here to it edit. Say text field. And of course the hint for voiceover said double tap to edit. And that's why I'd modify my steps for the day. Distance. 6.7 kilometres. Text field. Double tap to edit. Okay, distance is 6.7 kilometres. Flick to the right. Calories burned. So this is the calories burned heading. 2,500 calories. Text field. Double tap to edit. And again, I can change my calories burned. Active minutes. Active minutes. 40 minutes. Text field. 40 minutes. Double tap to edit. Flick to the right again. Diet. Heading. Diet, which is the heading. Food. Food. 250 calories. Deficit. Dimmed. Text field. Now... This is the food section, and honestly, I haven't done anything with the food calorie. I did put a, a few items in. Because this seems to be a, a fairly well American-based database, you can put your own custom items in there, at least for me in Australia. 
but I honestly haven't bothered. It just got too much effort, and I thought I really want to focus on how many calories I'm burning up during the day, how far I've walked, my sleep pattern, my weight loss, and that sort of stuff. So I'll flip to the right. Water. This is the water item. 1,000 milliliters. Text field. Oh, I was wrong. I sent, I sent 1,000 for the day, not 750. Never mind. I'm still like putting them in anyway at the moment. Dashboard. And we're back down to dashboard. Okay. Now I don't actually have to close and go back to that window. If I just want to go back to my dashboard. Dashboard. Tab. One of three. I just touch the left hand side again. One finger double tap. Selected. Dashboard. Tab. And if I touch the top left hand side of the screen. Today. Bend. Button. Click to the right. Date never right. Flex. Connected. Okay, I'm back to the main home screen of the Flex app on the dashboard. That's a brief introduction to the Flexbit app. Now let me just give it a bit of a go on my treadmill here. I'm just going to hold my iPhone in my hand and just flip with my thumb. 2,833 steps. Okay, so that's 2,833 steps. So if I turn on my treadmill, so I've just pressed the start button, I'm going to press the button again to actually get it moving. Okay, you just had the treadmill click and turn on. Now the actual treadmill is actually running. Now let me just speed it up again because it's really going a bit slow for me to walk normally. So I'm just going to speed it up with my button on the handbar on the right hand side. Okay, that's a bit better. Okay, so I'm going to give it a minute or two. And what you'll see is when I flick off and back from my steps count for the day, that number of calls will have changed. So let me flick off it. To progress, 32%, 2,883 steps. Okay, 2,882 steps. Progress, 2,890 steps. So if I flick off it. Progress, 32%. Flick back to the left. 2,892 steps. 2,892 steps. Okay, so you can monitor your walking by just flicking off and back on to where you've actually got your step count for the day and of course you can flick down and see how many kilometers you've walked and so on. And that beeping sound you just heard, that's my treadmill just beeping every minute as I'm walking. Okay, so let me just turn my treadmill off. Okay, and then if I wanted to add that little walk I just did, which particularly wasn't much at all, if I flick back to the left. Flex connected. Okay, that's where it said flex connected. One finger double tap. Silent alarms, seven. I come down to the bottom. Selected, dashboard, tab. Flick back one to the three. left. Sync now. I can sync now. Syncing. Which means I've just added that short amount of steps I've just did, so that when my friend in Canberra checks her total count for the week so far. She'll also see my total count for the week stroke day so far as well. When you do get a message on the Fitbit app from a friend, you'll get a pop-up notification, which is really, really handy. And the final thing I want to talk about the Fitbit Flex is the little charging USB cable that comes with it. So I've kind of got it in my hand. On one end, you have your traditional USB connector, a very thin cable. And on the other end, you've actually got a little cradle which the Fitbit slides into. So if I take the Fitbit off my wrist, so at least the band, and then I pop the Fitbit out of the little slot underneath, pull it out, just pop my rubber band thing down on the treadmill, 
Okay, so the way to put the Fitbit in the little charger, I've now got the cradle in my hand and I've got the cable pointing out to my left. So I've got the open end of the cradle facing over to the right. And when you fill the cradle, there's a little slot that the Fitbit slides into, which goes into a little housing. The way I'm holding it's on the left hand side of the cradle. So hold the Fitbit so that the sloped end is on the right hand side and just the round end of the Fitbit on the left hand side slide it in and you'll hear a little click and then you just plug it in now you will get a warning from the Fitbit app when the Fitbit is actually getting very low so it warns you to plug it into power there is lights that flash on the Fitbit to let you know when it's fully charged however as I said at the beginning I just use the Fitbit app itself to look at the battery level. So when it's full, of course, it's gonna say full, and then medium, low, and I think when it's completely flat, it says empty, I think. I should say that when I'm using the Fitbit, because I'm using the vibration alarms, and there's seven of them at the moment I'm using, you can have maximum eight, as I said before, I probably only get a currently about three days fully charged out of the Fitbit itself. Normally you'd expect to get a lot longer than that, probably double the time, but because I'm using the vibration alarms, I get a lot less. But it's interesting, since I started using the Fitbit Flex, I certainly wouldn't be without it now. And just the fact that those vibration alarms on your wrist, which are very discreet, doesn't annoy anybody else, is really, really great. So I'm just gonna take the Fitbit back out of the charger, pop it back in my pocket where I had it before, Band off the treadmill, get my Fitbit, pull it back into the rubber slot underneath, push it in, it's now in, pop it back on my wrist, do it up, and hey presto, I'm ready to go again. So that concludes this demonstration and overview of the Fitbit Flex from Fitbit. I actually purchased mine from the online Apple Store, and as I said, I think it's a really, really useful and fantastic device, and of course, fully accessible via the Fitbit app itself on your iPhone with VoiceOver. So thanks for listening and bye for now. Hello Main Menu listeners, this is Chase Crispin and today I'm here to do a demonstration of the Google Drive application for iOS devices. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Google Drive, it is Google's online storage service. In a way, it's similar to Dropbox or SkyDrive if you're familiar with those, but Google Drive integrates with Google's Google Docs for documents, Google Sheets for shared spreadsheets, and Google Slides for shared presentations. Now, there are some accessibility issues with Google Drive. Depending on your operating system, your screen reader, and your browser, you may have different results trying to use Google Drive, Google Docs online, but it's pretty inconsistent and with some browsers and screen readers it's pretty tough to be able to edit online Google Docs. If someone shares a Google Doc with you and you need the information, the Google Drive app for iOS actually will let you go get the shared document and be able to view it in a much more accessible way than you could on the PC under some cases. However, there are still accessibility issues. It's not a perfect reading experience when you're reading Google Docs, as we will look at later on in this demo. The Google Drive app for iOS is free, 
There's also a Google Drive app for Android. I have not tried it to see if it is accessible. There are also Google Drive applications for the PC as well as the Mac. The flaw with the PC Google Drive app along with the Mac Google Drive app is that they only show you your Google Drive folder. So if you install Google Drive on the PC, you click on the icon on your desktop, it brings up your Google Drive folder. It's only going to show you the things you have created, unlike a service like Dropbox where you're going to see all the files that have ever been shared with you. There isn't a way within the Google Drive folder that appears on your PC or your Mac to actually go in and view the things that were shared with you. You have to use the Google Drive website to move a shared file to your personal Google Drive and then you should be able to access it. However, the Google Drive website is not that accessible and so it may be pretty tough depending on your setup to be able to move a Google Drive file from a shared location to that in your own Google Drive so it can be viewed on your PC. With the Google Drive app for iOS, you can actually view your shared files on your phone or iPad, iPod, and go back and read through the files. So if there is something in Google Drive you need that was shared with you, you can certainly view it with the iOS app. As I said, the app is free in the Apple App Store, and I'm going to be demonstrating it today on an iPhone 5S running iOS 7.1.1 with VoiceOver. I have tried this on an iPad and it worked just fine. So whether you're using an iPhone, iPod Touch, or iPad, iPad Mini, the Google Drive app should work pretty well for you. It is very voiceover accessible and there's a few things I'd like to go through today. I currently have my iPhone unlocked and voiceover is running, so I'm going to navigate to the Google Drive icon on my home screen, which is actually just called Drive. Drive. There it is, so I'm going to double tap to open this app. Drive. Main menu button. When it opens, we have a main menu button that will give us several choices that we will look at in just a moment. But let me first say that if you hadn't been logged in, if this was the first time you had launched the Google Drive app, you would be asked to log in. You would simply enter your Google account username and password as if you were logging into Gmail to get onto the screen where I am now. Shared with me. Heading. Now, last time I used this app, we were looking at shared with me. So if I flick to the right. Grid view button. If you would like to view your files in a grid so that there's several files going across in a grid format, you can do that. Currently, it's set up in just a vertical list of files. So it really doesn't matter. Both ways are accessible. It just depends. If you would like to switch this to grid view, you could double tap this button and do that. At new item. Button. If I wanted to add a new item to my Google Drive, I would double tap here on the Add New Item button. CH 15 Handout Google Docs Shared November 26, 2013 Item is Shared button. Now here are some things that have been shared with me. If you double tap on the file name, it'll pull up the file. If you flick to the right, you have the Details button. And we're going to look at all this in just a minute. I'm just giving you a basic idea of what's on the screen first. Ovation Attendance Google Sheets Shared October 8th key signatures number one, Google Docs. And so you're getting the idea that these are either Google Docs and there was one Google Sheets in here that have been shared with me. These aren't things I've created. These are just things that have been shared with me on Google Docs. So I'm now going to move back to the top of the screen with a four finger single tap at the top of the screen. Main menu button. To get to that main menu button and I'll double tap to choose this. Main menu, settings for, one five crisp and chase. The first button we find are the settings for my personal Google Drive account. If I were to double tap here. Settings, heading. We have the heading that just tells us we're in settings. If we flick to the right. Close button. There's the close button that'll get us back to the screen we were just at before opening the settings screen. Chase Crispin, 
Crispin. Now that just shows my name and my email address, and if we double tap there, we could sign out or sign into a different Google Drive account. So that would just be sign in, sign out type stuff if we double tap there. Terms of service button. Flicking to the right gives us terms of service if you wanted to read those in any free time you might have. Privacy policy button. There's Google's privacy policy. Licenses License. Help. Help. Report an issue button. We could report an issue with the app. Passcode lock. Button. We could lock this with a passcode so that we would have to enter a passcode into our phone in order for people to get into our Google Drive. This would be useful if you have a lot of confidential info in your Google Drive. Send usage data. Send usage data. On. Button. This tells Google kind of what you're doing with the app. It'll report any crashes to Google so that they can fix it in future app updates. If you're not comfortable helping Google improve the app by sending data about crashes, you can double tap to turn this off. Send crash reports to Google Drive so we can improve your experience. Heading. And that's just the description that went with the previous button that we were just discussing. Storage. Button. Here's our storage button that would tell us how much storage we have in Google Drive and allow us to upgrade to a plan with more storage if we were out. V three zero one two nine seven two six heading. That's the version of the app that we're currently running. And that's all that's in the settings screen. So this really isn't a screen that you'll normally need to visit, but I thought I would just show it to you just in case you wanted to be able to sign out of your Google Drive or upgrade to a plan with more Google Drive storage. Settings, heading. So I went back to the top of the screen. I'm gonna flip close right button. and double tap on the close button. Settings for one five Chris. Now we're back to that settings button that we found before. If I flick to the right, main menu button. There's the main menu button that we saw earlier. My drive button. Now, also in this main menu, we have my drive, which is the files that I have actually created and saved in my Google Drive, not the ones that were shared with me. When you open the app for the first time after an app install, that is the screen you will be seeing. If I flick to the right again, shared with me button. There's the screen that will allow you to view all the files that were shared with you, which is where my app actually was when I first opened it. Start button. If you had starred a file, which means files that you maybe want to keep around and be able to find easy, and you had starred them, which we'll find out how to do in just a minute, you could pull up your list of starred files here. Recent button. There's a list of your most recent Google Drive files. On device button. Here's any files that we have kept on my device. For example, if you're doing this on an iPod Touch, you're not always going to have a data connection. Say you're not at home and you don't have Wi-Fi and the iPod Touch doesn't get cellular data. You could mark some of the files in your Google Drive available for offline viewing so that they would actually be saved on your iOS device. This would show us any files that we have access to even without an internet connection within Google Drive. I'm not going to go into this because I don't actually have any files set up this way, but we will look in just a minute about how to do this. Upload button. This would allow me to see any uploads I've made to Google Drive. Gaudi, Soprano 1 MP3, audio, share, November 14th. And there's some coral related files that were shared with me. So now that we've viewed all the files in that main menu, it just puts us back to the list of the files that were shared with me since that's where we were before entering the main menu. So even though we're in the main menu, it will still continue to display some of these files that were shared with me. And if you flip past the main menu, you will get to these. Now I want to actually view the files in my drive, the files I've created myself. So I'm gonna move back to the top of the screen. Settings for one main menu, my drive button. That main menu is still open and I'm gonna double tap here on my drive. My drive, main menu, button. Okay, I'm gonna flick to the right. My drive, heading, grid view, button. Same thing we had before, we could switch this to a grid view. At new item, button. We could add a new item, which we are going to look at. Store, button. We could sort, I want to actually double tap here and go through this for just a moment. Sort, heading, close sort options, button. Last edited by me. We could sort by having the files that were last edited by me at the top. Last modify, 
we could just have the most recently modified file appear at the top if you wanted the ability to see the files that were most recently used. Last opened by me. We could have the files that were last opened by me organized by the most recently opened to the ones that were opened a while ago. Selected. Title. It's currently organized by title, which would just be alphabetical order. And that's all the options we have. Now, I want to change this. Last, 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 last modified. So last modified, and I just flicked left to find last modified. I'm going to double tap. Main menu, button. We are put back on the main menu option at the top of the screen. I'm going to flick My right. Drive. Grid view, button, at new item, but sort, button. And we're back to the sort button, which we just used to change the layout of the screen. Search all items, search all items, text field. You could enter text into the search field and get a list of search results that match what you type into this text box. If you have a lot of stuff in your Google Drive, this will let you find something quickly. File. Untitled document. Google Docs. Modify. December 4th, 2013. Button. I think that was a document I was attempting to create when I was trying to make Google Docs work for me. So it was just an untitled document. If I flip to the right. Test. Docs. Microsoft Word. Modify. November 26th. Two. Here's actually a test Microsoft Word document that I saved to my Google Drive folder on my computer after I had installed the Google Drive app. If you want to view a file, you can simply double tap. And the file opens. Test. Doc. Close. Button. Now on the screen is the test file, which if I remember right, just has one word. If Heading. I click to the right. More. Button. Hi. It just says hi. I was just at that point determining if I could make sure that things were syncing from computer to computer, device to device within the Google Drive. So it simply says hello or hi, but that is a test file that I have in here. And if I flick to the right, we hear the noise. That means there's nothing else to flick to. So that, that's the only thing in this document. But if this was a long document, you could actually sit and read this on your screen, which is very nice. Test. Docs. More. Button. I'm going to double tap on the more button that we found before we found the text of the document to see what's here. Action. Close. Button. Actions. Heading. Here's a list of possible actions we can have for this file. Open in. Ellipsis. The Google Drive app gives you the ability to open a file in other apps on your phone. So, for example, if you're opening an audio file, it'll give you some apps on your phone that can work with audio files. Or, if you have Pages on your phone, which is the Apple Word processor, you could open a Word document in Pages and be able to edit it in an Apple Word processor. This is a Word document, so let's see what options I have. I'm double-tapping on Opening. Oh, enable AirDrop Sharing button. I could use AirDrop Sharing to share this with another iOS device. AirDrop Tap Open in Learning Ally. Button. I have the Learning Ally app to read audiobooks on my iOS device. That app will play DOCX files. I could double tap here on this button to open this in the Learning Ally app and read it there. So this is a very nice feature that those of you that have Bookshare apps or Learning Ally apps might want to try if you have a long file in Google Drive. Open and read to go button. Same thing, we have read to go, which is the Bookshare app, letting me read Daisy Books and it would open this file also. Open in bump. Button. Bump is a utility that lets you tap two iOS devices together and share file between them so I could open this in Bump and transfer it to another device. Open in Dropbox. Button. Or, this is a little ironic, you could open this in Dropbox and save it to your Dropbox. So you can actually move files back and forth between a Dropbox account and a Google Drive account. Now a little side note here. Google Drive, when you have an account with your Google account, like a Gmail account, gives you 15 gigabytes of storage. And those 15 gigabytes are shared between your Google Drive account your Gmail account emails and stuff that are stored, and Google Plus pictures if you have uploaded any of those. So theoretically, let's say I have a 32 gig iPhone. I have a 15 gigabyte Google Drive account, and I also have a 5.5 gigabyte Dropbox account. So I could technically use my phone to transfer files between what's actually on my phone 
and then keep other things in my 15 gigabyte Google Drive or my 5 gigabyte Dropbox. And if one, if, let's say if my Google Drive got full and I had room in my Dropbox, I could transfer this file over to my Dropbox. So you can actually share files between the two file sharing services. I could open this in Dropbox and then save it to my Dropbox that way. So this really allows you to expand how much storage you have on your device. Cancel button. And the final option is cancel if we don't want to do anything with this file, which is what I'm going to use. Actions. Close button. And we've looked at all the possible actions we can deal with, so I'm just going to double tap on close, and that will return test. us Doc. to the test.docx Microsoft Word document. So you, as you can see, you can open and read files stored in your Google Drive that you can save to your Google Drive with a Google Drive computer application, and you can also open this in a word processor if you have one on your phone, a reading application, share this with another device, or send this to another file sharing service like Dropbox. So this gives you a lot of options about what you want to do with your file. Close button. I'm going to double tap on the close button. Main menu button. And we're back to my home Google Drive folder. I'm going to flick to the right. My grid view at new item button. To add new item, which will let me upload something to my Google Drive. I double tapped. Add to my drive heading. I'm going to flick right. Close button. New document button. I could create a new document. New spreadsheet button. A new spreadsheet. New folder button. I could make a folder to organize things within my Google Docs. Upload photos or video button. Or I could upload photos or videos. Use camera button. I could also use the camera to take a picture or a video. That would automatically be uploaded. So let's go back. Upload, new, new, new document To new button. document. Double tap. Doc. New name. Text field. Is editing. Character mode. Untitled document. Now I need to first clear out everything that's here, so I'm going to hold down delete, delete for a second. N M and type in N -M main M shift select A A J K I I N N main M M E E B N N U U menu S demo A D D E E M M O O. And I'm going to press done. the done in the bottom right. Main menu demo done button fonts. Button. Now we have named this file main menu demo and we're actually creating a new Google Doc. And as you can see, this is a lot more accessible than that would have been on the computer in a web browser. Not bold button. This would allow us to first change the font, bold. Not italic. If we button. tap that it would go from not italic to italics. Not underline. Underline. Alignment. Left. We button. could align left, center, or right. Document content. Adjustable. Capital Q. And now we could simply begin typing. Capital T E S T I N G space. Testing. Document content. Testing. Adjustable. Now, the flaw with this, because what this actually has done is open the Google Docs app that was on my phone previously. I had installed the Google Docs app, which is also free in the App Store. If you didn't have Google Docs installed, it would tell you to please install Google Docs. It would give you a button to do that that would open the Google Docs page in the App Store and let you install it immediately. So you kind of saw a seamless integration between Google's apps that are on my phone because I'm actually writing a Google Doc. Now, the flaw with this, I can write all I want, but it's a little tough to go back and edit. So I'm going to write a couple more words. R, D, F, delete, more, Z, more, period, space, capital G, capital H, O, W, space, A, R, E, space, T, Y, O, U, more, comma, delete, question mark. And I just wrote a short sentence, how are you, and if I touch near... Document content, testing, how are you? Adjustable. And now you hear that I accidentally deleted the G, so you heard testing instead of testing. You can write a Google Doc. However, as you can see, it is a little tough to edit. 
I can type, but VoiceOver is not echoing well what I am typing and what I am deleting. So if I wanted to edit, I'm going to move back down to my keyboard. Return. I'm going to use the rotor Word. to do words, and I'm going to flick up. You hear a clicking sound and no words. So we can create a document. We can name the document. We can enter some text, and we can even bold or do something like that. But once you've written a word, it's tough to go back. Backspace will actually delete, but it doesn't tell you what you're deleting. And when you look at the document contents, you hear adjustable. And so you have to flick up and down to move line by line that you're editing with voiceover. You can't actually have it read the whole thing to you and present it in a typical text editing format. So this is unfortunately the sad part about Google Docs accessibility at the moment is that the Google Drive is a fantastic solution for syncing things that you create between computers, the Google Drive desktop application is very nice. Even finding things that were shared with you is very nice to do on the iPhone, iPod, iPad, but to actually edit a Google Doc and create a new one is not very easy. So Google Docs, at least for me, does not seem to be a good solution for true document collaboration yet because I can go in, and I will in just a moment, read a document that was shared with me, but when it comes to doing any necessary revisions, this is just not as accessible. And it does, like I said, open the Google Docs app. And so, as you can see, the accessibility of the Docs app is just not as great as the accessibility of the Google Drive app. So really, Google Drive is great for saving files and accessing them in the cloud, but when it comes to collaboration on documents, there is definitely still work to be done, both on the PC platform and on mobile platform. So I'm going to document done button. Go to the top of the screen. The button in the top left of the screen is done, and I'm going to double tap it. Close button. Comment button. Collaborator button. Now we're in a screen that shows us more about this document. We have the comments button. Now we have collaborators. If we wanted to share this and let someone else work on this document, fine button. We could do a search within the document. Detail button. Or view some more details about the document. View dim button. Document content testing. How are you? Adjustable. And we're back to that adjustable testing. How are you with my spelling error caused by voiceover not telling me what I was deleting? And that's all that's here. And so I'm going to go to the top of the screen. Close button. Double tap close. Main menu button. Main menu demo. Google Docs opened by me. May 26, 2014. And now you heard once I touched in the middle of the screen that this is now in my Google Drive. So it did indeed save. Now when we were uploading things, we could have uploaded a photo or a video from the camera that would open your camera roll as it would if you just simply open camera and push photo and video viewer on your iOS device. And so it is accessible to upload things from your phone to your Google Drive for storage. It is, however, not as accessible to create a Google Doc and edit it. I'm going to press the main menu button in the top left of my screen. Main menu button. Main menu. Settings for. One main flick menu. Right. My drive. Shared with me. And I'm going button. to double tap on shared with me. Shared with me. Main menu. Button. I'm going to flick to the right and find a shared document. Share grid view at new item store. Search all items. Folders. Here are some folders. Ovation 2013. 14. Shared folder. Shared. We messed with the sort options, and so things will appear in a bit of a different order now. So I'm going to move past the list of folders. Details. Hallelujah chorus. Shared fo detail file. To files. Imperfect 10. Google Docs. Shared. April 17, 2014. Item is shared. Okay, now here is a document about the imperfect tense of Spanish. You can see this is my school, Google Drive. I'm going to double tap to open this. Doc. Close. And button. now the imperfect tense file is actually open on the screen. Loading. Ellipsis. Imperfect tense loaded. Document content. Imperfect tense. You heard that the file was loaded and you heard imperfect tense. And I'm going to touch in the middle of the screen. Document content. Imperfect tense. 
adjustable. You hear adjustable again, and this is the same issue we had when writing the document. We can read through this, but we have to flick up and down. We can't read through the entire thing. So if I flick down. Our endings are slash I ending. Yo, Abba I acute A. T U acute, Abbas I acute A S. And this is actually a chart of verb endings for the conjugation of the imperfect tense in Spanish, which is you're just hearing the endings presented in a linear chart format going horizontal across the screen. But as I flick down, we are moving down by line. I flick down again, only really used in one form, unless used with the perfect tense. So now we're hearing the contents line by line of this file. If I flick up, new line. we move back up to that new line. And so flicking down is moving me down a line, flicking up is moving me up a line. But we can't view this all at once on the screen as VoiceOver would let us do with most other iPhone applications. So that is a disadvantage. You can definitely get access to the file, and if you have the patience to scroll down line by line and read it, you can read the file, but it's not as quite of a pleasant reading experience as we would hope for. I'm going to move back to the top of the screen. Close button. Double tap the close button. Main menu, imperfect tense, Google Docs. There's the imperfect tense file we were just looking at. If I flick to the right again, detail button. Here's the details button. If I double tap, this will give detail. us Heading. several more options about this shared file. If I flick to the right, close item detail button. We could close this screen and return to the list of files. If I flick to the right, imperfect tense, Google Docs. That's the name of the file. Share button. I could share this file with another Google Drive user and let them view this file and edit it. If I flick to the right. Rename. Ellipsis. Button. I could change the name of this file, this Google Doc. Remove. Button. I could remove this from my shared Google Drive. Get link. Button. I could get a public link that I could send to others so that they could view this file. Print. Button. If my iPhone was connected to a wireless network with a compatible wireless AirPrint printer, I could print this file. Star button. I could star this file so that I could view it in the starred category that we saw earlier if I wanted to be able to find this quickly. Keep on device. Now, if I wanted to keep this file on my device and be able to view it anytime, whether I had an internet connection or not, I would flick right. Off button. And I would double tap on off, which would turn that on so that this would be safe on my iPhone's internal storage. Info. Flicking to the right, you hear info, so now I'll get some info about this file. Modify by 14 Willis Alexander, April 23, 2014, 9.39 a.m. You hear when this file was modified and who it was modified by, because remember, this is a shared file. Created April 17. Tells us when the file was created. Who has access. Now this is going to tell me who has access. Share this item button. Again, I could share this. Private people listed can access. So this is not a public file. Not anyone can view it by doing a Google search. If the file is public, you can actually Google search it and find anyone's public Google Drive files that match your search result. This is private so that only people that have this file shared with them can view it. Below that, you will just see the list of people who have access to this file, the person who created and shared it with you, and usually you, who it was shared with, have access to the file to edit it as well. So that's about all there is to this app. I'm going to go to the top. Detail. Heading. Close item details. And Button. Double tap close item details. Main menu button. Then we're back to the shared with me screen of Google Drive. As you can see, the Google Drive app has a little ways to go in terms of accessibility. If you're just looking for a place to store some things in the cloud, it works great. We looked at pulling up a Word document. Now, we had issues pulling up the Google Doc, which is what that imperfect tense file was when we had to flick through line by line. But when I pulled up that test.docx file in the root directory or of my personal Google Drive, that was actually a Word document that I was just using Google Drive to sync to the cloud. And that was completely accessible to read that. 
Also, if I would have pulled up an audio file, I could have simply pushed play and we would have been able to listen to it. So if you're using Google Drive for syncing Word documents, maybe even PowerPoint presentations, audio files, text files, things like that that you create on your computer, this works very well. They will sync between computers with the Google Drive application installed and be viewable with either the iOS or the Android Google Drive app. Where we run into accessibility problems is when you have a Google Doc, a Google Sheet, or a Google Presentation, and it opens those in the Google respective Docs, Sheets, or Presentation app and shows those files to you, then there are the accessibility issues that I was describing. So Google has made a lot of progress making Drive accessible, which I'm very happy about. It's another good place, much like Dropbox, to store your content in the cloud. But if you're trying to use this for collaboration on Google Docs with other people, you start to see the weakness with this app. Hope this has given you a good idea that this app definitely is usable for syncing your own personal files through the cloud because that does work very well as we saw in the My Drive category. It wasn't until we dealt with Google Docs that were shared that we see problems. Even if you did have something shared with you and you needed to at least know what it was, you definitely could do that just by flicking through and reading through it. Editing is a little rough but being able to get a general idea of what's been shared with you or to look over something that's been shared with you definitely is doable. If you would like to find out more about Google Drive, you can visit drive.google.com or just download Google Drive in the App Store, which is free. There's a lot that happened in this demo, a lot to talk about in terms of Google Docs accessibility and things like that. If anyone has had different results than me getting Google Docs, Google Sheets, or Google Presentations to work, on the computer or with the Google Docs app for iOS, please send me an email and definitely let me know how things have worked for you with the Google Productivity Suite. My email address is chase, C-H-A-S-E, at acbradio.org. Well, we do want to thank you for being with us this week here on Main Menu and hope you'll join us back here again next week on Main Menu. You have a great week and we'll see you soon here on Main Menu. <laughs>